What is up, 2022? We are back here at the Fight Talk podcast. First time I've been on with Steven Jensen this year. Um, we've had a lot going on the last the first few weeks. Um, I started out the year up in Massachusetts doing some stuff for IWTV. And uh, and we're finally getting some UFC underway. So they'll give us something to talk about, Steven Jensen. We're just a couple of days outside of UFC 270. Had a couple of big title fights we're going to talk about um we're a little bit under the gun on time today but uh but we could not talk about these fights right man yeah exactly and it's wild i didn't think about that this is the first show we've done in 2022 because there hasn't been any ufc so far this year so um so yeah really happy really happy this we had uh cater versus chikadze was last or i guess last week or two weeks ago but like yeah not a huge show and we both had a lot going on um shout out to action wrestling everyone watched yeah. that show southeast first iwtv use code fight talk if you're into pro wrestling that was an incredible show that i highly recommend you check out and Mose was on the call for that so um yeah that show was awesome we were just talking about it before we got uh, kicked off recording here but uh but yeah man ufc 270 huge huge pay-per-view huge pay-per-view of course too gigantic title fights at the top top tippy top of the card uh, like i said we, we've got some time issues today uh, so really we're gonna we're gonna kind of deep dive into two title fights and then steven's gonna go over some of the highlights i mean this was a, a decision heavy card but there were some very uh, some very impressive finishes throughout but as we keep going back to the heavyweight championship on the line the main event of the entire night the the champ champ Francis Ngannou now I guess the full blown uh, heavyweight champ uh, defeating the at the time interim champion uh, surreal gone by a unanimous decision 48 47 times two and then a 49 46 judges scorecard there again for a unanimous decision all five rounds Stephen man uh, I know those those first couple rounds kind of went it felt for at least to me like. Maybe Cyril gone was gonna was gonna eke out a decision himself, um, but Francis man put it all together those last few rounds and left uh, and left with that title wrapped around his waist officially again. Yeah, yeah, he is now the undisputed like even though technically he was already the undisputed champion. Right. I, I don't I don't know why they call the undisputed title that when there's two champions in the same division, but nonetheless he is officially the undisputed champion now. Um, the fight wasn't as exciting as what I think a lot of people were expecting. Uh, you know, I was hoping for them to, you know, you know, I thought it was a good fight, but it was, you know, people get these expectations, especially about Francis, that he's going to go out there and just like knock people out super fast. And I think all of his fights up until this point, if he won, I think they were all within like the first two rounds. So it was good to see him go the distance, um, you know, and get a, a pretty one-sided win over gone. But the the real story here is the whole contract situation that Ngannou's yes. in now. Because going into the fight, he was he had this was the last fight on his UFC contract. But for those of you who don't know, there's a clause in all these deals when they sign with the UFC where. If you're the champion, your contract automatically rolls over for either one or three fights. It might be different depending on who the fighter is. But at the very least, you're locked in for at least one more fight with the company. And you're not allowed to just, like, give them the title back and go do whatever you want. Like, they make you 
either compete until you lose the title or they just put you on the shelf and don't let you fight anywhere else. So Nganu has been saying for a while that he wants out of his UFC contract, but he was caught between a rock and a hard place because the only way he could get out of his contract was to lose to surreal gone. But he also doesn't want to throw a fight and all this stuff. And, and on top of that, if he loses it, it diminishes his market value a bit because the big fight that he wants and that the world wants and that Tyson Fury wants is Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou um, because both are down for it. And they said they'll do it with with MMA gloves and no headgear and stuff. So, like, it'll be like boxing, but with MMA gloves is kind of what they're thinking about doing. And that would be incredible to watch, but it's a little less special if Ngannou, you know, loses before this so like so anyway francis won as we just said and surreal gone's a great fighter he's the second best heavyweight in, in the division uh, in my opinion right behind francis uh, maybe stipe as well depending on you know we got to see how stipe looks if and when he comes back but yeah i'm just i'm just very interested to see where this all goes with Nganu because he's made it really clear since the fight that he still wants out of his deal Dana White didn't even put the belt on him in the octagon. Dana didn't do the post-fight press conference, which I don't know if he's ever skipped that before at an event that he was there live for. So this is a very strange situation. And and Nganu, I saw a quote the other day that I think he said something along the lines uh, to Ariel Hawani on the MMA hour. I think he had said something like he's left like $7 million on the table by not fighting Stipe again. And like... He just he's just trying to get out of this deal or get paid a lot more money than what he's getting paid now, which currently he makes like five hundred thousand dollars to fight or something like that. And he's like seeing guys like Jake Paul, who, by the way, apparently is trying to invest in yes, get, get a part of, of Endeavor. Yeah, which is crazy, because if Jake Paul is the one who goes in here and is the one who fixes fighter pay for the UFC, <laughs> that would be just the craziest, the craziest turn of events. But uh. But yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on all this stuff, and it's like it would take way too long to go through it, it all step by step. But at the end of the day, Francis Ngannou retains the title. It was it was an impressive performance, but not um, and I said one sided. Like it, I thought it was pretty clear that that Ngannou had retained, but I wouldn't have yeah. been like ultra upset if if it would have went Gon's way. Like Gon did look good, and he did win a couple rounds, in my opinion. But the real story here is now what do you do with Francis and. I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that because when you look at the division, I think the most exciting thing right now is obviously if, if they want to get Stipe back, you can do that because um, they're they're one and one against each other. You could run a trilogy there. But the the matchup I really have my eye on right now is Tai Tuivasa versus Derek Lewis coming up at this next yes. pay-per-view. Because if Tuivasa wins, he might be in line for a title shot and he's really marketable with like the shoeys and like his personality and his fighting style and stuff. But I'm going to throw a wild card out there. I think if Francis wants to make big money and the UFC won't let him go, I think they wait out until after April in WrestleMania and see if they can get Brock to come in and fight Francis for, for like huge money. That's that's oh. kind of where I'm at. So what do you think about all this? I know I just kind of rambled for a minute, but like, what do you feel? How do you feel about Francis retaining? And then like, like the whole, this whole contract thing and, and who he might fight next, or do you think the UFC is like just 
backs out and just lets him out of his deal. I don't think that because Dana White, we know, loves, absolutely loves money in his own pocket. Uh, I'm not going to say that's good or bad either way. So probably somewhere in the middle, like most things. But Dana White's not going to let the true heavyweight champion walk out, especially with, uh, you mentioned, with possible some boxing money there that the UFC could probably get in on, Dana could get in on. Um and it's also interesting for Francis. We're seeing him pop up in some movies now. He was in Fast 9. I believe he's in the new Jackass coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, so, I mean, for, if you're Francis Ngannou, man, obviously uh, things could not be any better. You've got uh, some really interesting things that will come, uh, barring them try, the UFC trying to just uh, sideline him and not let him run this contract out. Um I think it's interesting, too. You, you mentioned the Derek Lewis fight. Derek Lewis, technically the last person to beat Francis Ngannou. Um, he has, of course, Francis, you know, got that win back from Stipe. And I think we all agree that he would be a, a big favorite over Derek Lewis. But, you know, that story is there, um, you know, for that possible rematch, hypothetically. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's like you're saying. It's something we've not really seen. Um it feels very much like pro wrestling, which I love. Uh, I love you bringing up Brock because that is like that feels very much like uh, it reminds me a little bit of UFC 200 of, you know, if we get to summer and we need a big, you know, heavyweight title fight, Francis Ngannou and Brock Lesnar would I mean, that would sell like that is a huge fight. That is big pay-per-view money, which, again, a lot of this always goes back to money. Um, so really more questions than anything for sure. But uh, not a lot of bad answers. I think the only, you know, the only real answer we would hate as fans, it, it would be what you mentioned, the possibility that, you know, maybe the UFC kind of holds Francis hostage, um, which that I just don't think, I mean, we get into litigation there. I mean, there's just a lot of headaches that could come, come out of that. We're seeing that now with Nate Diaz, right? He's kind of been, you know, he's got one more fight right on his deal, or maybe it's been extended to time-wise, so... There's some things going on, um, not just with Francis, but with a lot going on in the locker room of the UFC about these contracts right now. So I think, I think with those two in particular, with the Diaz and with Francis being the heavyweight champ, uh, you know, we're going to learn a lot about you know the the do's and don'ts with these contracts in this year, man. Um, but the fight itself, very excited for Francis. Like you said, I thought he would win. Um, I thought it could be a little more exciting, but we've seen Surreal gone really you know, fight these, uh, fight these big fights at his pace. And, and, you know, Francis got pushed a little bit, um, differently. We saw the strength, we saw a very impressive body slam. So yeah. uh, as right, as impressive as it, as it can get for Francis, it just now, um, I can't, I mean, I can't think of a time where we're just, you know, it's always the big question mark of who's next and, and what's, what's going on here or there. I cannot remember anything more confounding than, than where we're at now. I mean, it literally could be him fighting a rematch. It could be Francis fighting Brock. It could be him not fighting at all, man. It really feels like, you know, and especially like you said, with Dana not doing the normal Dana things for the first time, not wrapping that title around his waist, not being there for the presser. I mean, I think that's very telling. Yeah, I agree. And it's weird because it's like, I don't know if we'd ever see a scenario where like Roger Goodell wouldn't, hand the Lombardi exactly. trophy to Patrick Mahomes or something like that. Like it, it just doesn't, 
it's a weird, it's a very weird look for everybody involved. We also don't know. I mean, I, I, and this is, I just don't know. For, I don't know if Francis is being like a giant pain in their ass either. I have no idea. Like he, for all right. we know, sure. behind the scenes, like he's causing giant issues for the company. I just, I doubt it, but I'm just going to throw that it. out there. I'm not going to throw this all on Dana and the UFC. Although that does seem to be where a lot of the problem is stemming from because it's proven that they're a multi-billion dollar company and there's still fighters just not making what they should get. Like they should be getting a bigger chunk of the, of the pie. And, and I've been saying that for a long time. So like, I'm not, I'm not surprised that these things are happening right now between uh, the, the company and a lot of these like high level fighters, big name fighters. Um, it was a really good point bringing up that Francis used a lot of wrestling in this one. He had that big world strongest slam that you were just talking about. <laughs> um, and he said after the fight that he had a torn MCL and like his knee was all jacked up and stuff like mm-hmm. 25 days before the fight. I, I That's, I'm not saying it's untrue. It's hard for me to believe because that, that kind of injury, like that's, that's real tough. But at the same time, it would also make sense if he was maybe relying a little more on wrestling. Yes. Because when you have those kind of injuries, you have to really, you know, rely on being able to plant your feet and, and like using so much power from your legs and stuff to throw the kind of punches that Francis usually throws when he knocks people out. And maybe his knee was messed up and like he, he couldn't throw those kind of punches, that, that kind of power with that injury. So he relied on more grappling. The one silver lining to that, though, is now we've seen that, like, not that Surreal Gone is some, like, master grappler or anything like that, but Nganu is more competent in the grappling game than I think any of us realized. Like, it would be interesting oh, yeah. to see him versus, like, uh, you know, Dan Cormier is such a great wrestler, but, like, you know, before this fight, I would have said, or actually, John Jones is a better example because that's totally possible too. We didn't bring that up. They, the, the biggest fight they could do is John Jones and Francis Ngannou. But but John Jones is having the same kind of issues Francis is, where like him and the UFC like aren't on the same page. And, <laughs> like it would just feel like it would just take so much to get that fight to happen. But you also mentioned Derek Lewis. I, I mentioned uh, the possibility of Taichi Vasa beating him and getting mm-hmm. a title shot. It's also very possible, like you said, that that Derek Lewis beats Taichi Vasa. And then gets that rematch with Francis. The problem being that the original fight was terrible, but yes. like the silver lining there being that, like, you know, there's no way it could be that bad again, right? Like, <laughs> we might as well just run it back. So, I don't know. Francis has options. It's just going to all come down to them meeting somewhere on money that works for both sides. And I think right now they're just really, really far apart on what Francis wants and what the UFC wants to give Francis. So it's just. Yep. We're going to have to let it, as they say in wrestling, we're just going to have to let it play out. But there's just, uh, it's a strange situation when you have a guy that that is as good as Francis is in the octagon, looks the way Francis does. I mean, the guy, he's just ultra marketable. Like, you see that guy, like, he's, he'll get even more exposure through Jackass, like you said. But, yeah, like, yeah. he, I mean, how is this guy not, like, a way bigger star than he is and i think a lot of that has to do with the ufc just not marketing him like it's almost like they don't want him to be their champion it's like what this guy knocks almost everyone out that he fights every now and then he has a fight like this but he still looks good happens um, yeah yeah and happy story amazing yeah. story to the champ the championship yep yeah, he, he's uh cameroon and the areas around where he's from i mean he's like a, he's like a king there i mean this guy's like a hero to to countries full of people and it's just like in the u.s i just feel like 
I felt kind of the same way about Deontay Wilder in boxing. It's like when you have certain guys like this that are this marketable, I just don't understand how they're not way bigger stars. Um, but just is what it is. And I, and I think that Francis, uh, if I had to make a prediction, I predict that the next time Francis fights, it is in the UFC. I don't know if he'll be happy with the situation. I have no idea, but I just, I don't see. I, it was similar when Randy Couture tried to leave and fight Fedor. Like the UFC did everything they could to make sure that, that Randy Couture could not fight anywhere else. And at the end of the day, it, it's like going up against Vincent Mann in court. Like you're you're oh. going to lose to Dana White in the UFC if unless you're a company that has you know four billion dollars backing you that you can actually fight those guys. You you just can't do it. it. And that leads into the whole idea of unionization and all this stuff, which it would just take way too long to get into. But um, my my thought is that the fighters need to unionize, but I don't think yeah. it will happen in our lifetime. I just I just don't see it actually happening for a lot of the same reasons we don't see it ever happening in, in pro wrestling, unfortunately. But uh, but yeah, so at the end of the day, Francis over surreal gone. And the big question is, what is next for Francis? But we'll see. We'll see. We know you should go check out Jackass Forever for obvious reasons, but also to see Francis Ngannou presumably punch someone somewhere in the body very hard, which I cannot wait to see. Shout out Francis Ngannou, the world heavyweight championship, uh, the world heavyweight champion, I should say, in the UFC. And I'm with you. Uh, last thought before we move on. Totally think his next fight's in the UFC. Would not be shocked, Stephen Jensen, if you called ahead of all of us and we actually see him and Brock fight this summer. Um, absolutely something I'm going to keep an eye on. Well, that's, that's uh, why I said after April, too, because I think that dude, with because like yeah. WrestleMania, like is usually when he disappears again for a while, like he usually yeah. works for them until WrestleMania. And then they like and then he goes to Dana White every year and goes, how much money will he give me if I come back? And then he goes back to Vince and Vince will give him even more money to do gives less. More work. Money. <laughs> um, but this time he might go to Vince and Vince is like, hey, we, we're going to give you like 20 million dollars to fight Francis. And he's like, yep, I'm in. Like, screw so, the WWE. <laughs> like, yeah, so. Well, yeah, I mean, because it does. It, it absolutely feels like outside of, of Bones and Francis, which I'm one million percent with you. Like, I'm getting a headache thinking about trying to get Dana White, Francis, and Bones to all agree on money. Um, so I think outside of that fight, for the we're talking about a big money casual fans being brought in just the biggest pay-per-view number we can get i don't know if anything tops outside of bones anything tops bone uh brock and and francis because of what you're saying man you've got you know with francis is um you know him working a little bit more movies now too it wouldn't be crazy to see him pop up on a raw it wouldn't be crazy on a smack you know what i'm saying like it, it just feels on your know, first hearing it, it kind of feels still. Oh, it's a little wild. It does though. It feels like that story could easily unfold. And and I know we're we're just almost into February, but it's gonna be you know time for that big July UFC card announcements before we know it. And that just feels like a huge main event. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. We're definitely on the same page with that. Uh, huge news, uh, definitely to keep an eye on. Whatever happens one way or the other with Francis Ngannou in 2022. In the in the co-main event, the flyweight championship defended, and 
goes around. We have and new again, Stephen Jensen, and what may end up being a best of seven series between these two. Uh, Davidson Figueredo defeats Brandon Moreno by decision, 48-47 across the judges' cards. New flyweight champion once again, man. Um, a fight of the night. I mean, is it possible for these two to not just go out there and put on, you know, fireworks? Yeah, that's the thing. All these fights have been very good. Obviously, the draw in the first fight, Marino winning by sub in the second fight, and now Figueredo winning by decision in the third fight. You've got to run it back a fourth time. Like, I, I very rarely advocate for things like that, but this is the kind of fight that needs it. And the flyweight division, you know, this is the whole reason we're in the situation to begin with is because these are the clear two best guys at flyweight. And, you know, underneath them in the rankings, you have um, you have Askar Askarov and you have Andre Pantoja, who are both very much in the mix. And then you have Kai Kara France that, you know, you have other names too, Alex Perez, Brandon Royval, but Kai Kara France really jumps off the page to me because of the way that he beat TJ or, um, uh, Cody Garbrandt yeah. and, and his ties to, uh, Eugene Behrman. And he has a really good camp. Like you've trained with Adesanya and Volkanovsky and those guys, Dan Hooker. Like, I, I feel, you know, for better or worse, I think that there's sometimes like fighters, that have the right gym or the right representation, like Ali Abdelaziz is a good example. A lot of his fighters wind up getting title shots because Ali has a great relationship with Dana. So, like, I, I think, like, Carl France, he has the, the talent, but I think he could even maybe jump the line a little quicker because he has ties to all these, like, champions in the UFC and stuff, too. A very marketable situation. So, that said, the two best fighters in the division – I, above all else, I think are pretty clearly Figueredo and Marino. And if they fought seven times, I think it'd be four to three or, or you know, or I guess three, three, three to three in a draw. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very, very evenly matched uh, matchup. And watching it live, I think I had Marino three rounds to two. But it was so close. That, and I said this, I did the live stream for Fightful during these fights. And I, I was saying as it was happening, like, I'm not going to be upset either way. Like, there is no robbery situation. Like, this was a close fight. And all three judges agreed. So, like, that leads me to believe they made the right decision. Like, you know, all three had the same scorecards. Like, I, I have no problem with that. At least there was consistency in, in what they were looking for. And... If I went back and rewatched the fight, there's a very good chance I could nudge it towards Marino. Or sorry, towards Figueredo. Like and, and like I said, even watching live, it was so close. Like so Figueredo is the champion again, which is great for him. He's a great fighter. And Marino's a great fighter too that didn't I mean, he lost his title belt, but he didn't lose anything as far as like his marketability or, or the 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 want that fans have to see him compete. Like he's he's probably an even bigger star now than he was going into this fight because everyone saw another just classic flyweight title fight. That was probably the best flyweight fight we've ever seen. Like as far as like for the division. So, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know? So it's like, yeah, huge shout out to Figueredo, huge shout out to Marino. And like I said a second ago, they, they 1 million percent should run that back a fourth time for both of their next fights. And it's, you know, since December 2020, their first fight, uh, as you mentioned, the draw was December 2020. Here we are in January of 2022, and these two are still very much a part of each other's lives. I mean, you summed it up perfectly, man. I just, 
the gap is is I mean so distinct these two and everyone else that um I mean you know you're gonna have especially after this fight you're gonna have Moreno fans saying you know not robbed but it's always that thing of you know how many times have we heard a champion retained by decision and you know you got to beat the champ all this and that uh but to your point I thought watching unfold I thought that Moreno may retain more so because of that because it was so close um but but what it was you know red new champ um back to Figueredo I mean no issues for me either uh, I mean I, I I automatically jumped to well we've got to do it again you just have to do it again I'm not sure how how soon they'll they'll run that back but it just I mean there's no other way looking at the rankings and looking at how these three fights have went there's just no other decision, man. You, you've got to have them go again. Um, you know, both of them are going to be down. And just, it's such a, um, it's like the the NFL wild or the uh, NFL uh, division weekend this past. Like, you know, every it feels like every time these two are going to be in there with each other. I mean, it's going to come down to just, you know, a, a real legit game of inches. Yeah, yeah, and, and honestly, I think that they should make this the main event of whatever their next big ESPN, not, not ESPN plus, but like main oh, channel ESPN, yeah. like make this the main event of that on free TV. And the reason I say that is because I don't think that the two of them are massive pay-per-view draws in the way that a lot of the other UFC champions are. And that isn't their fault. That's just the way that they've been marketed as smaller guys and stuff. But like, and then also, like, I'm all for them being on the pay-per-views. As a matter of fact, I think they should main event pay-per-views. But the the problem they'll run into, I think, is, like, if you're the UFC, it's hard to keep putting Figueredo and Marino on anywhere other than the main event because their fights are so good that, like, I, I think that Nganu and Gone isn't as boring of a fight if we hadn't have just seen Figueredo and Marino. So it's almost one of those things where you kind of need, like they need to make an event because they're going to have the best fight on the whole show. And it's a championship and they're, they're the talent there and they should main event, but to sell pay-per-views, they probably need to have Figueredo and Marino as the co-main and then have like the big name title fight above them. But that fight probably won't live up to the actual in, in ring of Figueredo and Marino. So that's why I say put it on free TV more people will watch it. It'll be an incredible fight, and it'll it'll get new fans to want to buy the next pay per view after seeing something like that for free. So that that's just me personally what I would do with them. I, I they got to run it back a fourth time, but I, I'd put it on on for free on ESPN for like just like a really big show for the fans. Well, and, and to your point, uh, two of those three fights were the fight of the night on that card, and the one that wasn't, uh, of course, the Brandon Marino finish. He won performance of the night. So at some form, when you put these two together, one or both of them are leaving with an extra 50K in their pocket. You know, they love that. Um, I just, I think that's good business, what you're saying. It opens them up to possibly new eyes, to maybe a new respect. It's something, you know, you and I have been uh, fight fans forever that that's just kind of a part of it. I mean, very rarely do you see the quote-unquote smaller weights, you know, the smaller guys and, and, uh, and ladies get the respect because it feels it's, you know, we've been trained to, to watch the heavyweights, the light heavies, the middle, you know, all this. So uh, I think it'd be a, a very, very smart move to put this fight uh, on, you know, ESPN, ABC, whatever. Um, I mean, that's just, 
you know, that's opening up to, they have, uh, you know, in theory, another amazing fight, another fight of the night. And now you maybe have new eyes on both these guys that you do put them on pay-per-view next time. And you've got a little bit of a, a bigger base. So um, that, again, that's in my opinion, just good business. Uh, and it's, a, it's, it's not a coincidence when every time you put them together, you know, you're getting magic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Great yeah, stuff. Great, great stuff. Great two title fights. The first, you know, numbered pay-per-view, the first ESPN plus pay-per-view of the year, UFC 270. Um, uh, what else, man? I know, like you said, he had a couple finishes on here. Um, I was just going to add the, uh, you know, we already mentioned the fight of the night, the performances of the night went to uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov and Vanessa Dimopoulos. I'm sure I messed that up, but I know you had, uh, you, you definitely wanted to, to shine some light on, on the rest of this card. Yeah, just real quickly, because I know we're crunched for time. I definitely shout out to Nurmagomedov. Got the quick guillotine submission over Cody Stamen. Uh, he's a beast. Uh, he's going to just keep getting better. When you have that last name, it's kind of like yes. inherent that like big things are probably on the horizon for you. Uh, and the, as long as the talent's there and the talent is obviously there. Um, Michael Mori- Morales over Trevin Giles. That was a good one. And I had that on FanDuel, which a lot of people didn't, which I was really happy about. Morales, <laughs> I, th- I think this was Morales' UFC debut, but I'd seen him a little bit outside of the UFC and like knew that, that this guy was super dangerous. And Trevin Giles is kind of hot or cold. So big win for uh, Morales getting the TKO in the opener of the pay-per-view. Shout out to Michelle Pereira. Uh, he didn't get a finish, but he did do some goofy shit, which is like exactly what we want to watch him. Um, like he was, he did a couple of his like you know somersault kicks and all that kind of stuff, which I'm I'm for it a hundred percent. Like the, he got signed to the UFC basically because he went viral doing lion salts and shit on like the amateur scene. So um, I shouldn't say amateur scene; uh, they were probably pro fights, but uh you know what i mean like he, no one knew who he was and all of a sudden he's doing moonsaults onto people and it's like oh okay shit like and then and then, but he's like beating people so he was good enough to get in the ufc and now he's you know third up on a pay-per-view which is good for him so uh entertaining guy i'm, I'm definitely a michelle Pereira fan so you know i'm all for that that kind of stuff um last uh last shout out i'll say matt frivola with a big knockout in the uh on the prelims uh, the, the first fight of the espn plus uh like they did like the early the early earlies and then he was the main the first fight on the quote-unquote like real prelims or whatever you want to call it um frivola's got a lot of power dangerous guy um so definitely keep your eyes on him he's a little hot or cold too but like when he's on like he's a he's a been killing people so um so yeah that was uh that's pretty much it and for the most part, you know, I thought it was a good show and yes, you know, go out of your way to watch Figueredo and Marino if you haven't and you're listening to this and, you know, we'll see what happens next with Ngannou. That's the big story coming out of it. But yeah, UFC 270 in the books. And then the next fight night we have is Hermanson versus Strickland. We got Jack Hermanson and Sean Strickland in the main event. Uh, that's going to be in a couple weeks february 5th so we'll probably have next week off for this show and then we'll come back to talk about uh talk about that show in a couple weeks so um so yeah ufc 270 in the books but yeah uh had, had a good time if y'all want to watch the replay of the watch along that's youtube.com slash fightful it was myself sean ross sap romeo from true hill heat and rob wilkins we 
Uh, had a good time watching the fights. We watched the co-main and the main event live. So if you want to check that out, that's on the Fightful YouTube channel. Yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, my last plug, definitely anyone out there that missed it is IWTV uh, subscribers that did miss Southeast first last week, last Friday. Um, please go check that out. A lot of uh, a lot of love, a lot of heart, um, and, and just the soul of the South went into that. Of uh, something I'm very proud of, and something to keep an eye on in 2022, along with Francis Ngannou. Um, on the wrestling side, is going to be exactly uh, the South us letting us letting the rest of the the independent wrestling landscape know that the days of uh, of kind of the South being a little bit of a joke and and this and that, man, those are over. Southeast first. Shout out AC Mac. Uh, so yeah, thank you everyone that watched and everyone that uh, maybe goes back and, and checks it out. Yeah, a hundred percent. I've told you this. I DM'd Matt Griffin this. Like, Action Southeast First was one of the best wrestling shows I've ever seen. Like, I'm not not just for indies, not just recently. Like, and shout out to AC Mac, who is openly gay, who is black, a guy right. who you know. I think that uh, diversity and representation is very important, and I do want to see that in wrestling. But it also needs to be noted, like Scott Hensley said on Twitter, I thought that was a good post he made. Like, he, AC Mac is those things, but he went out there and he fucking earned it. Like, it wasn't just like nothing was handed to that guy. He has been busting Never. his ass for years. Southern, Undergr uh, Southern Underground Pro Bone Storm champ, action wrestling champ. Like, this was a long time coming, and... He's one of the best guys on the mic in all of wrestling. He's a great in-ring wrestler as well. So this was this wasn't handed to him, but it's this is a great example, I think, of someone who is different in a lot of ways or or creating more diversity and representation in a lot of ways. And he fucking earned that. So like good on AC Mac. And I, I love seeing what he's doing. I can't wait to see what he does as IWTV champion. I'm I'm super, super happy for that guy and happy for the action wrestling fans that that have that have been along for this ride to see him finally get his flowers. I, I, I couldn't be happier. So awesome stuff. And if you want to watch the show and you, you aren't subscribed to IWTV, use code fight talk, F I G H T T A L K. All is one word, no space. Put that in the promo code spot. It helps out uh, the show when, uh, when y'all use that code. So anything else from you mode before we sign off of here? No, happy to be back. Can't wait to, uh, to dive into MMA as always with you, bro. Anyone listening, uh, please, Follow me on the Twitter at most KOBK, bro. Good to be back. Hell yeah. Good to have you back. Y'all could follow me on Twitter at fight talk underscore F I G H T T L K underscore until uh, I don't know what it'll be. Probably next weekend or next or probably in a couple weeks. Just stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed right here or following wherever you're listening to this podcast. But uh, we'll be back talking some more mixed martial arts. <laughs>